All right, well, like Alex said, uh, some of you know me, some of you may not. My name is Austin. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Redemption, and I've been to Next a couple of times recently, and every time I come, Alex tells me to talk about a topic that no one else wants to talk about. So last time I was here, I talked about homosexuality. That was awesome, and now I'm here to talk about weed and alcohol. So thank you, Alex, for another invite, all right? Uh, but I am excited to talk about this topic, and like Alex said, a lot of this is not going to be me talking. Uh, there's going to be some of that, but a lot of this is going to be you guys taking what I'm saying and then wrestling with it around your tables and trying to come to some conclusion on your own. So with that in mind, let me start by giving you, actually, we're not going to go there yet. Can I go backwards? Yeah, there we go. All right. So before we get into what you just saw on the screen, let me give you a couple of kind of introduction thoughts, some things to help you understand where I'm coming from, to help you understand where we're going to go for the next little bit. Alex said I had an hour, so buckle in, all right? I, I won't use the full hour, don't worry. But uh, let me give you a couple of thoughts about uh, kind of my perspective and then where we're going to go with this, all right? Uh, first is I want you to understand tonight is going to be pastoral, not medical or clinical, all right? So I am a pastor. I am not a doctor, all right? There's a lot of things about weed and alcohol you might be wondering, and I am not the one to give you answers because I don't know those answers. So I'm not here to give you facts about what it's going to do to your body or how it's going to impact you. Uh, I'm not getting into that, and that's just because I don't have the expertise, and my job is not to act like I have it. Uh, it's to tell you there's other people out there who know that stuff that you can talk to. But I am a pastor, uh, which means I love the Word of God, and I think the way that you and I should live it's by the principles of God's word. And so my goal tonight uh, is to not give you some medical advice or clinical advice. My goal is to give you some scripture and help you wrestle with how does that impact these two topics and what do you do with them. So it's going to be pastoral. Uh, secondly, just to be upfront, I am probably uh, the last person that should be talking about this topic. So I'm not a big weed smoker in my spare time. Like I don't drink a lot of alcohol. Uh, I grew up in a very, very strict household, so I never did drugs or drink because I was afraid of what my mom was going to do. Uh, so I was fearful of getting caught. So I don't have a lot of experience with that. I also ended up going to Bible college that had a pretty strict rule against both these things. And then I started working for a church, which obviously church people that work at church don't smoke a ton of weed and drink a lot, all right? So, uh, so I just haven't been in the context where I, I've had the chance uh, so I, what I don't want you to do is hear that and go, oh, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Just because I don't have experience personally with it doesn't mean I don't understand it. Tons of friends that I've had have dealt with this. I sit with people in my office that deal with this kind of stuff. So I don't have the personal experience, but I know a little bit. Uh, two more things to get us going. Uh, I want you to know uh, these are two topics that we can agree to disagree on. And I want you to hear that up front. You may come to a different conclusion than we will tonight, and that's okay. Uh, Christians, especially alcohol, but also weed, there's a lot of different ways you can land, and I still think you can have some different opinions, some thoughts on these, and still love Jesus, still love the gospel, and still be in unity with other Christians. So this isn't one of those issues we're saying, hey, if you don't agree with what I say tonight, you're out. Uh, that's not the case. This, these two topics uh, have some room for disagreement. So you might disagree. You probably will disagree with someone at your table tonight as you're talking about it, and that's okay. And then lastly is this. I want to tell you my goal. So my goal tonight is to not give you answers, but my goal is to give you things to help you get to an answer. So if you came tonight and said, Austin, I just want to know, can I smoke weed or not? 
I'm not going to give you a yes or no. That's not my goal. My goal tonight is to give you some things from the Bible, and then you have to, between you and God, wrestle with, what do I do with that? Do I partake of it? Do I not? Do I stay away from it? Do I engage? You're going to have to answer that question yourself. My goal is not to give you that answer, all right? So that is the goal, all right? Now let's start here. So before we get into the specifics of weed and then we'll get into alcohol, we're going to do those separately because they are different, uh, even though they have some similarities. Uh, before we talk about them individually, I want to help you know where you should be starting from. And, and these three things I'm about to share with you, uh, they're, they're particularly true if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, I'm glad you're here. Next is always a place you are welcome. If you're here and you're like, I'm just here because my friends dragged me here, awesome. You're welcome here. You're loved. Maybe you're here, you're like, I don't really know if I'm a Christian. I have, I'm seeking. I have questions. You're welcome here. It's a safe place. But these starting points, where we're going to start, I'm going to assume this is coming from a Christian. If you're not there yet, everything I'm about to say really doesn't matter because the first thing you have to settle is do you want to be a follower of Jesus or not? And that's primary, right? But assuming you've made that decision, here's a couple of things you need to know as we get started. First is this, God created all things and his creation is good, including weed or alcohol and alcohol. So, so you need to understand, I am not going to be one of the pastors who stands up here and says, weed is evil, alcohol is evil. I don't think they are. Uh, I think they are part of God's creation. And in Genesis 1, we read that God created things. And what did he say about it? I gave you the answer on the screen. It was good, all right? Actually, he said it was very good. So God created the things that give you and I weed and alcohol. So we have to start at this point that God created everything, and everything God created is good. Look at this verse with me. This is in Genesis chapter 1. It says, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetations, vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, and which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so, and the earth brought forth, forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, and which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, all right? So from the beginning, God created everything. He created the plants. He created everything that gives you and I weed and alcohol, right? So it's good. But it's good in its, it's good in its intended purpose. So God created all things good, but what makes something God creates good is if you do it and use it for its created purpose. So think about it this way. Uh, fire can be a good and a very bad thing, right? So you can cook over a fire, you can get warm by a fire. Fire is a good thing. Now, if you take fire out of the fireplace and you put it on your lap, not a good thing, right? If you put fire in your living room, you will burn down your house. It's not a good thing. It needs to be used in its proper context. Think about a knife, right? A knife can cut food, right? What else do you use a knife for? I don't know. Give me something. Cut open a bag. Yeah, right. I'm trying to think, like, what's all the good? All right, so that's good. Bad reason to use a knife is to stab someone in the throat, right? Bad reason. The knife is not bad. It's how you use the knife. So, yes, we can say weed and alcohol are from God's good creation. It's a good thing, but they're good in their intended purpose. And that leads to the question we'll get into later is what is its intended purpose? Because there is an intended purpose, and if we want to use God's creation correctly— you have to use it in the right way. But here's the thing. This is why this is so difficult is because there's a thing called sin. 
and sin has come into the world and it's corrupted every part of God's good creation. So everything that God created good, we now as sinful human beings, we take his good creation and we distort it and we jack with it and we abuse it and we use it in ways he did not intended it, intended it to be used. And that is so true with weed and alcohol, right? Like I can confidently say God created, it's good, but our sin has ruined the way that we view these two things, which is why there's questions and why people don't understand what we should think about it as Christians. So you got to start there. A couple other things that's going to help you as we go through. Uh, I skipped one, didn't I? Oh, maybe I missed the slide. Did you, did you delete one, man? Alex, come on. That's all right. All right. We're going to go back. So uh, let me go back. That is a verse. All right, the second thing you need to know, starting point, uh, is you, if you're a Christian, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. All right, and this verse you'll see on the screen is from 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells within you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit is literally living inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's why as Christians, we have to ask ourselves this question, what does weed and alcohol do to my body? What does it do to your body? And that's where obviously there's a whole list of things we can get into and there's a whole medical route we can go, but we're all smart enough to know putting those two things in your body to a certain extent is not good for your body. You can abuse it and take it to another level. And as Christians, you have to wrestle with that and go, okay, my body's good, my body's holy, God redeemed my body, he's gonna one day give me even a better body, but the body I have now is still good and needs to be treated as such, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So when we consume things, whether it's weed, alcohol, anything else, you have to at least acknowledge, uh, or you have to ask this question, what is it doing to my body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Another starting point kind of with these two things, is as Christians, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a verse in, cha in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll get to this one later, but it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the word filled, think controlled, right? So the Bible is clear as Christians, we are to be filled, we are to be controlled by who? The Holy Spirit, right? We are not to be controlled by substances. We're not to be controlled by other means. We are to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so just like we have to ask ourselves this question, what does weed and alcohol do to my body? We also have to ask the question, what does weed and alcohol do in the sense of controlling me? How is it impacting my decisions? How is it shaping the way I'm viewing reality? How is it controlling literally the way that you think? Because if you're a Christian, it's pretty clear. You're to be controlled by the Holy Spirit not something else. So that's where you got to start. It's a good creation. It's from God. Sin has ruined it and distorted it, which leads to some of this confusion. Also, as Christians, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have to treat it as such. And then ultimately, we are called to be filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, honestly, we could stop there. Uh, honestly, we could say, okay, that's all you need to know. And that gives you enough to at least have some informed conviction or decision on these two things, but Alice gave me an hour, so I got to fill it up for a little more, all right? So let's go with weed. We'll start here. Uh, so raise your hand if you smoke weed every day. Just kidding. You don't have to, right? 
Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, Alex does every day in his office. Uh, here's what you need to start with, all right? Is this recording? All right, we'll take that. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right, so let me just acknowledge this. When we talk about weed, there's a couple of reasons this is a very tough conversation for Christians. If you're not a Christian, again, it's not a tough conversation. If you're not a Christian, you're controlled by your heart. You're controlled by whatever you want to do. If you want to go smoke weed, go for it. You're not held to any type of standard. But if you are a Christian, you are held to the standard of God's word. You're held to uh, following Jesus and making your decisions based on him and his word. And so because of that, when we talk about weed and Christianity and what we should do as Christians, there's a couple of reasons it's a tough conversation. One of those reasons is this is weed is not explicitly addressed in Scripture, right? There's nowhere in the Bible, other than the verse I read earlier about, like, some fruits and stuff, there's nothing that explicitly says anything in the Scriptures about weed. Uh, it's just not there. Uh, you can try to find it, and I will give you 100 bucks if you can, right? Because I don't think it's there. It's not. So it's not there. So that makes it hard, because as Christians, especially in our day, we want to have quick answers. We want to know what exactly does the Bible say. So we love those verses that tell us, bam, this is what you need to do or what you shouldn't do. It's not there with weeds. So that makes it a little difficult. Uh, secondly, another reason it's hard uh, is because of the medical versus recreational use. So part of this is this is two conversations, and, and later I'll get into that. But really, when we talk about weed, we can be having two different conversations. There's the medical side, and there's recreational side. And as Christians, sometimes your answer for one of those is not the same for the other. And I wish it wasn't the case, because it would be really easy to go cut and dry, give me a yes or no. But I don't think you can do that with something like weed. There are two different kind of pools, two different conversations happening, and that does make it hard at times as Christians to wrestle with which one are we talking about and how do we label those. And then the third reason it's tough is because of legal inconsistencies. Uh, so, so some places in the country, uh, weed is legal. And so Christians in that area have to wrestle with it very differently than maybe you and I do in a state or an area that uh, weed is illegal. And so there's all this kind of legal inconsistency across the board. And so sometimes it makes it hard to know, okay, where do I stand? What do I do? What do I not do? Because of some of the legal stuff that is going on. So think back to that first thing I told you. It's not explicitly addressed in Scripture. So if something is not expressed in Scripture, what do you think you should do? And that's not a rhetoric. I'm like truly asking you. If something is not addressed in Scripture, what should you do? Just pray. All right, that's good. Always pray. You're in church. Prayer is a good thing, right? So pray. What if prayer doesn't work? It does work. I'm a pastor. But like what if you pray and God's like, no, I'm not giving you the answer, yes or no. What do we do? Guys, you got to think a little bit. This is the one, I'm not giving you answers. I'm okay, ask a mentor. What if the mentor says, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say? What if your dad doesn't know? Have you asked your dad recently? Don't email the pastor. Just get out of here. I'll so here's the thing. So here, let me, and I wanted you to wrestle with that question because what you have to understand is, yes, the Bible doesn't talk about weed explicitly, and what most people will do and what we're most guilty of in those situations when the Bible is not clear is we just run to freedom. So we go, the Bible doesn't say anything about it, so that means God just has freed me up to go do it and to not necessarily think about it and to go enjoy it. And there's a lot of people, and I know people, that will go this way of going, hey, 
you know, weed's not mentioned in the Bible, so I think that means there's just kind of freedom to do it. I just don't need to be an idiot uh, because God really hasn't given me a clear yes or no. Now, the problem with that way of thinking is there's a lot of things the Bible says or is silent on, right? The Bible, there's a ton of things I wish the Bible would give me a clear answer on, and it doesn't, all right? So when those times come, when the Bible is not clear, what do you do? And the answer is you go to the Bible to find out what is clear. So weed isn't clear in the Bible, but there's a lot of principles in the Bible that are very clear that should inform the way we think about something like weed. So there's a phrase, uh, this has been written about in some different books, but there's a phrase that says this, a good and necessary consequence. So what that means is there's things in the Bible that are very clear, and we let those clear things inform the things that are not clear. So what that means is we go to something that's clear, and we say, okay, because this is clear, there's going to be a good and necessary consequence from that thing that's going to inform the thing that's not very clear. So if someone says, hey, weed's not mentioned in the Bible, you can say, yeah, it's not, but this is mentioned in the Bible. This is mentioned in the Bible. And because of those things, I can have an informed decision about something like weed, which is not very clear. So the question is, obviously, if I'm in your shoes, I would ask this question, is what the heck is clear? All right, if weed's not clear and you want to know what you should do about it, what is clear in Scripture? And that's what I want to give you in this time. Now, let me encourage you, take notes, because in a minute, I'm going to turn you to your around, or I'm going to turn you to your tables, and you are going to have to, as a table, take what I'm about to say and form a conviction on Christianity or Christians and weed, all right? So you need to think about these things, because it's going to help you in the next little bit. The first one is this. Uh, we should submit to the authority, all right? So you'll see there Romans chapter 13, 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically that verse says we are to submit to those in authority. Specifically, Paul's talking about government authorities. So the first thing that's very clear in the Bible is we should submit to the government. We are uh, responsible to be in submission to them. Now you're thinking, Austin, I'm a Christian. I only report to Jesus. The government has nothing on me. Well, Jesus didn't agree with you, right? Jesus says, give to Caesars that which is Caesars, meaning there are things that we should do and have to do because we are under a government. Now, you might be thinking, are there, is there any time to disobey? Yes, you can disobey the government when they tell you to do something that's directly against God. So if the government says, hey, you can't worship Jesus, go worship Buddha. You can disobey the government because they are telling you to do something that's against the Bible, it's against God, it's against your faith. But when the government tells you to do something that doesn't cause you to sin, which is like 99.9% .9 of everything, you should submit to the government. You are to be under authority. So that means if the government says weed is illegal, what does that mean for Christians? You probably shouldn't smoke weed. Why? Because you would be disobeying the government, right? It's the same way uh, if someone says, hey, or let's just say for an example, um, let's get off of government for a minute. Let's go to an employer. So raise your hand if you have a job, any form of job. Okay, most of you, right? If you don't have a job, you should probably get one. Uh, so if you have a job, uh, not every job, but some jobs will make you maybe sign something saying, I won't use drugs, all right? Uh, that's pretty common, especially if you get into more of your career. So if you are in a job like that, that would be considered a authority in your life. That is someone you have to submit to because they're not telling you to do something that goes against your faith, so you are to submit to them. So as a Christian, 
you at least have to wrestle with the government and the legal side of weed or any drug use, all right? And again, we're not in Colorado, so it's not legal yet. So there you go. Uh, but if you want to vote on it, I'm sure you can eventually. Uh, so then you got the second one, we must be wise. All right, we must be wise. Uh, one of the worst things you can do as a young adult or in, as a person in general is to be a Christian who says, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Or I'm just going to do whatever feels good. Because the Bible might not be clear on every single thing, but the Bible is clear on this, is that you should be thoughtful and you should be discerning and you should be very wise in the decisions that you make about the way that you live. So when we get to something like weed that isn't addressed in Scripture, you can at least ask the question, is this wise, right? Is this wise for my future? Is this wise for my current relationships? Is this wise for my current uh, path in life? I'm trying to get this career. I'm trying to do this thing. Would smoking weed actually be wise for you in that situation? Because the Bible calls us to be wise, to use wisdom. Another thing you got to know that's clear in Scripture is we are to seek God for refuge, all right, what, what I mean by this is that so many people, uh, and I've chatted with people who had this kind of similar, and this gets into alcohol, we'll get there in a little bit, but so often we go to drugs, we go to alcohol, we, we smoke weed or something like that, because we're just looking for some escape, uh, that life is stressful, and so something like weed brings that stress down, or it helps you cope, uh, and so a lot of times we run to stuff like drugs because we're just trying to cope, we're just trying uh, to take the ease off of life a little bit. Now, let me just say, there are some cases that might not be the worst thing, right? Like, we can get into the medical side. There might be reasons medical drug use is okay. And that's a whole other conversation, and I'll tell you where I stand on that later. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you don't have a medical issue, life is just hard, and you want to smoke weed because you want to feel relaxed at the end of the day. If that's your motive, and if that's what you're doing it for, you're not really seeking refuge in God. Because ultimately, Psalms 46.1 says, God is our ultimate refuge. When life is hard, we run to God. When life is stressful, we turn those cares over to God. When life is kicking us around, we run to Jesus as our refuge. We don't run to something else. And so you at least have to ask yourself, if you're a Christian who, who does smoke weed or you're inter entertaining it, you at least have to ask, man, what is my motive? Am I going for refuge because I want to escape something? And if that's why, you're probably not go in there for the right reason. You need to go to God for your refuge. And then the last thing is this, and this is probably the clearest thing in scripture, is we are to be present and have clear heads. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 6, it uses the phrase sober-minded. And that's this idea that, it, that as Christians, we are called to be present, we're called to be mindful, we're called to be thoughtful, uh, we're not called to live by the seat of our pants, right? Like just go out and do whatever you want to do and have fun. Like, we are left here on this earth for a mission, and that's to reach other people for Jesus. And so we are called to actually live lives that are very, very present, to be grounded in reality, and to have clear heads. So that means if we do something, and it could be a lot of things. It doesn't have to be drugs or weed. But we can do a lot of things that keeps us from having a clear head, that keeps us from being present in reality. And the Scriptures calls us to be clear-headed, to be present with where we're at. So those things are clear. Now, again, the Bible doesn't explicitly give you a chapter and verse on should you smoke weed or not. Now, you could read these things that I have on the screen and go, check, 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 check. I think I'm going to still smoke. 
and I wouldn't have a verse to tell you to not do that. But I would say if you look at those things, it should lead you to at least a thoughtful, informed, well-thought-out stance on what you should do or shouldn't do. So here's what I want you to do is around your tables, and I think it's going to be on the screen, uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you around your tables to work together to form a one to two sentence, all right? So we're not going more than two. If you give me three sentences, that third sentence doesn't count, all right? One or two. Give me one or two sentences to, and that basically forms a stance on Christianity, what you should do as a Christian, and weed with those biblical passages or those biblical principles in mind. So here's what I need you to do. One person at the table, be the scribe, all right? You're the one that's going to write it down. Because here in a minute, we're going to hear from each table. So we want you to work together to form that stance. And also, keep in mind, look around your table. There's a few different people, right? Everyone look around. You got people at your table. You might disagree with the people at your table, and I hope you do, because that will make a better discussion, all right? So you might not agree with everyone, but this is a practice of how do you work with people you might not agree with to come to some unified stance, all right? So work together, form a one to two sentence stance, and then we'll share that in a minute. So... Uh, start with 10 minutes and we'll see if you need more time. Go. All right, okay, we'll make this table go last since they're really, really slow. Uh, all right, so here's what I need to do. I want one person from each table, someone that can speak very clearly and loudly, all right, to stand up and with conviction and, and passion and with all the excitement you have, give your stance on Christians and weed. Oh, we got a microphone. Never mind. You don't have to be loud. Just speak in the microphone. So, uh, what Tay wants to go first? Okay, right here. They're ready. Everyone's like, what is he going to say? Yeah, st stand on your chair. Yeah, I'm for real. Thanks, man. Don't fall. We didn't sign a waiver. It's a good... <laughs> Okay. Um, there you go. Project. So is, it's short and sweet, um, but it says justification without glorification is just temptation. Wow. Gosh. I have no idea what the heck he means, but well done, That's sir. That's like right up my good. alley. That's awesome. Okay, say that again slower. I need a, I was thinking you were like, I can smoke weed tonight. Yes. I, I wasn't thinking that thorough. You won't die. Um, justification without glorification is just temptation. It's just what? Temptation. Okay. You want to elaborate anymore? You want to give us some commentary? What do you? I'm going to leave it up to you. Okay. <laughs> Man. Wow. Well done. Good thinking. I like that. All right. Uh, all right. Let's go. You guys want to go? All right. Mike's coming. Uh, stand on your chair, please. Yes. Yeah, stand on your chair. We started the trend. Hey, you can't go back second. now. Just do not fall. Okay, <clears throat> based on scripture, we need to evaluate our intentions and convictions, look at the legality, seek the Lord and his word as our refuge before we light up. Okay, I love it. Light up. That's good. Wonder. Yeah, uh, good. That's good. That's good. I like that. That's good. All right, go right here in the back. I really want to give commentary on all these, but for the sake of time, we're not. I'm not going to stand up. Well, uh, st everyone yell at Sydney. Stand up. Stand up. Get on your chair. Yes. Um, we said if your motivation is 
sinful either to um, cope or not seek refuge in God or do something illegal, then don't do it. Well done. You negative five points for not staying there. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> we all love Sydney. It's fine. She gets a pass because she's married to Alex. Whatever. All right, here you go. This table right here. On the chair for you guys. I wasn't gonna, <laughs> and then I was convinced by the bullying. <laughs> uh, this isn't, no, not a bully zone here. Come on. If weed prevents you from following scriptural principles, no. If weed does not prevent you from following scriptural, scriptural principles, share it. That's it. Okay, that's I gotta got. give commentary on that. That's the biggest cop out answer ever. Yeah, you guys but suck. It's fair. I'm just kidding. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. The question is. That's two stances, depending on what the scripture says. So which one are you going with? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Boo. We, we love you. You're, no, you're fine. We can disagree. No it's shaming. Fine. I said that no earlier. Shaming. We're fine. There's unity. It's all right. We're good. Okay. It's hard to, hold up. It's hard I mean, you can hold your paper so you can see it, but... That's okay, I got it. It's hard to seek refuge in something when something is cloudy. Sorry, I didn't hear you. This, these people over here was laughing too loud. There I go, I'm good. Calm down, ladies. Um, <laughs> you got to watch bad. out, Josh. My bad. <laughs> <When's> but, um, <laughs> anyway, it's hard to seek refuge in something when something's clouding your head. Nice. I like it. All right. And then last but not least... To follow Jesus, a clear mind, and decisions made from spiritual conviction must be central. Any amount of weed disrupts that clear mind and spiritual conviction, so weed can't be a part of a Christian's life. Oh, cannot. Wow, we threw it out bold. I like the confidence. No, it's good. I, hey, I told no, you did what you, the homework assignment was, all right? Well, no, and, and some of that is I wanted you guys to share those because I, I do want you to understand, like, there is some differences in how we view this. Now, what I like uh, except you guys, you made a cop-out answer, but it's fine. Uh, you kind of did it, but all of your answers at least took in, uh, took to a, in account the biblical principles, all right? So again, weed is not mentioned in scripture. It's not there, but all this other stuff is, and you have to let those things dictate what you do with the things that are not clear. And let me just give a side note. We could be talking about a host of different things. So what I would love for you to do is at least take this part of the workshop shop and go, what other areas of my life do I need to apply biblical principles to? Because the Bible's not going to give you a yes or no on everything. There's going to be a ton of stuff that you will not have a yes or no on, and you're going to have to go to the Bible and say, okay, how does it inform my decision? So that exercise you just did, you can apply that to a lot of different things, and it's a really, really good thing to do as followers of Jesus. So uh, thanks for sharing that. I figured, I told Alex it was probably only appropriate I share my stance. So uh, does anyone want to, like, guess what my stance is? <laughs> it's fine. Like, I was going to give you a shot. So here's my stance, all right? It's not on the screen, uh, but it's kind of wordy. So here's uh, what I would say is legalized and prescribed medical use of weed can be wisely used, parentheses, not must be used, but can be used, but recreational use of weed does not seem wise according to the clear principles of Scripture for Christians. So there's a Q&A at the end. If you have questions about that, 
text in. Is there going to be a QR code, Alex? All right, you can text us questions about that stance, and I would love to answer. But for now, let's get to the second part of this, and this one's going to be a little more cut and dry because the Bible is very, very clear, and that is alcohol, all right? So a little different than weed, but two things you need to know right out of the gates is the Bible is very clear on alcohol in two ways. First, drunkenness is a sin. Ephesians 5.18, we read this earlier, do not get drunk with wine. All right, let me just give you a tip. When the Bible says do not, and then it says something after that, do not do it. And if you do it, it is sin. So if you ever want to know, is getting drunk a sin? You don't have to go far. Go to the Bible. It says clearly, do not get drunk with wine. Now that is, by and large, a very uh, popular stance among Christians. There's not many Christians out there. I would be shocked if there's that many that would go, yeah, you can get drunk anytime you want. That seems clear, right? That's not, not something most Christians would agree on. We would all say drunkenness in the Bible is a very clear line that when you cross it, it is sin. But, and this is why we have it in a workshop, drinking in moderation, so drinking without getting drunk, is not a sin. So the Bible never condemns drinking alcohol. The Bible condemns getting drunk with alcohol. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever condemn a Christian should not drink. Anytime that the Bible talks about alcohol, uh, sometimes it talks about it in the sense that it's a very bad thing. So in the very beginning, Noah, Noah in the ark, everyone know the story? What happened to Noah when he got off the ark? Do you know? He got drunk, right? He got, and the Bible never like says, good job, Noah, like, well done, you got drunk. The Bible briefly mentions it, and part of the reason the Bible really quickly mentions it is because the Bible's not mentioning it as something that's good and that should be followed. It's not making, it's, it's pointed out as something that is wrong, you shouldn't do, and it glosses over it quickly because it's not bringing it to light. Other times in the Bible, you see alcohol, Jesus turned water into what? Wine, all right? So if you tell me drinking, just drinking in moderation is wrong, one of the things you're going to have to wrestle with is why the heck did the Son of God turn water into wine if you can't drink, all right? So that's a pretty clear one that there's something there that it's okay to drink. Now, here's what I want to put before you, and we'll talk about this for the rest of this time, is that that spectrum with drinking but not getting drunk, all right, the moderation category, that is a massive, like, spectrum. That is a massive category. There are so many ways you can go at that category. There are people who would go, you can take like one sip. There's people like I say, you can take a couple of bottles, right? Like that, drinking in moderation is a very, very big area. Now, as Christians, we don't then run to that and go, okay, God said I can drink without getting drunk, so give me a bunch of alcohol. Let me just drink every night. Why? Because we still want to pursue wisdom. We still want to pursue being thoughtful and wise in our decisions. So what I want to help you with tonight, and then you're going to do another activity around your, or your tables, is I want to at least help you understand that when you drink, not get drunk, all right, that's, that's clear. If you get drunk, you shouldn't do that. You are in direct violation of the scripture. But if you drink without getting drunk, there are some things I think you need to seriously consider, and you need to at least be thinking about uh, to protect yourself, to protect your reputation, and also to protect others around you. So let me give you those, but before I get into the list, let me, can, let me help you consider this. Uh, there, there are probably times that you should not drink. 
There's probably times you should drink less, and there's probably times you should just refrain from drinking altogether. And some of the reasons I'm going to give here in a minute of things you need to think about, you'll probably understand which category you fall in. But I think a lot of times, and we can be guilty of this as a church because we are a church, uh, we, we are very clear getting drunk's a sin, uh, but Pat, underneath that, drinking in moderation, we don't have a hard stance because we do think there's freedom and you can enjoy alcohol wisely. But the downside of that, and I will say this as one of our pastors, the downside of that is we can glorify alcohol and make it into something you have to do. So we think that, okay, because getting drunk's a sin, but I can drink in moderation, that means I have to then drink in moderation, or I have to drink alcohol to be one of these cool, kind of trendy Christians that people don't think are uptight. But I would tell you to consider that that isn't the approach. Like, that shouldn't be a motive. Like, I just want to do it because I can. Uh, If you choose to do it, great. If you choose not to, great. But you need to at least consider, as a young adult, there might be times and situations and season of your life, seasons of your life you choose to not drink. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul says, All things are lawful, but not helpful. So it is lawful, meaning you have freedom in Christ to drink alcohol, yes. But drinking alcohol might not always be helpful. And many times as Christians, we love to stop at that first part. All things are lawful. I can drink. I can do it. But is it always helpful? Sometimes not so much, right? So with that in mind, let me give you a few things to think about. And again, you're going to discuss these around your table, so I want you to pay attention, jot these down. The first is authority. So very, very much like weed. Uh, If you are not 21 and you drink, I don't care if it's two sips, you're not obeying the authority above you, so you would be in sin. Now, if you are past 21, obviously you can legally drink, but there may be situations you are held to authority. Maybe it's a job, an employer, something like that, and you need to follow their authority. Uh, I told you this earlier. I was in that situation uh, when I was in Bible college. It was a pretty clear thing we had to sign. You cannot drink. And so I had to, as a college student at that Christian college, I had to obey that authority, uh, even though I was over 21 when I graduated. Well, I think I was, was I? I don't know. I took a while. I probably was, but it's all good. I got through it. Uh, So uh, I had to still obey that authority. Uh, Before I worked here, I worked at a church down in North Carolina. It was a smaller church, and they had a uh, a stance, an agreement you had to sign that as a church staff, an employee, you would not drink. And so even though I had freedom in Christ to drink, the Bible does say I'm still have I still have to be uh, submissive to the authority above me. In that case, that was my employer. So sometimes you have to consider the authority above you. Second thing, and this is the big one, is your motive. Consider your motive, all right? And let me give you some bad motives, and then I'm going to give you one good motive, because there's really only one motive. But here's some bad ones. A bad motive is social pressure or acceptance. Most people drink because everyone else is. Most people drink because they want to be accepted. You go to a party, you don't want to look like a loser, so what do you do? You drink. Uh, you don't want to look like someone who is a stickler. You don't want to be one of those Christians that looks like, you know, holier than thou, so you want to drink. And so most of us go to alcohol because we have freedom in Christ. We can do it, but our motive is really we just want to be accepted by the people around us, or that's what the people in our social circles are doing. And if that is your primary reason for drinking, that's not a good motive, not a good motive at all. A second bad motive, and I found myself doing this one, is you could be doing it just to give your parents or maybe your upbringing the finger. All right, let me explain what I mean by that. 
Some of you, all right, raise your hand. Let's just do a poll. Raise your hand if you grew up in a household that said alcohol is bad. Don't drink at all, all right? A couple of you, all right? Some of you grew up in houses where you're like, your parents are like, yeah, just don't get drunk, but obviously they enjoy alcohol, and that's fine. But some of you, and I'm in that boat with you, we grew up in households that, the, that my parents said, I think the Bible says you should not touch alcohol. Like, I was told if I touch it, I go to hell, right? So I hide it when my mom comes to visit, all right? Uh, but she still thinks that. Uh, but, but I was told, you do not drink. Now, as I, now I'm older, I'm obviously, I'm a 34-year-old man. My mom has no binding over my life. I can drink anytime I want. But there's been times I've caught myself, what is my motive to go drink? And at times it can be, I just want to look at my family or look at my church culture growing up and go, look what I can do. Or look at the freedom I have in Christ. And that's a very, very poor, bad motive. And then here's another bad motive. This gets into the one I mentioned earlier with weed, is it could be a way of escape. All right, a lot of people turn to alcohol to numb something in your life. Maybe it's pain, maybe it's some hardship, maybe there's relational drama, like there's something in your life that hurts, and the thing that numbs that pain for a short time is, is drinking. And I don't care if you're not getting drunk, I'm just saying you drink to numb that pain. Maybe you're not crossing that line of getting drunk, but you're still using that alcohol as a way to escape. And if that is the reason you're going, if that's your motive, that is a terrible motive. Uh, and the reason it's terrible is because you're only going to do that for so long before you cross that line. There's a pastor, he was, used to be a pastor in South Carolina, uh, if I said his name, some of you might know him, but he was a pastor of a very large mega church, uh, and he eventually uh, got kicked out of his church, lost his ministry, because he was a guy who over time, every day after a long day at work, and again, he's, you're talking 13, 15 campuses, I mean, thousands of people at every campus, writer, travels, big deal, kind of with that Christian uh, world, and he was under that pressure, and he said, every night I would go home, and I would just drink one beer, and I would drink a little bit more each night because I just needed to numb the stress in my life. Now, it wasn't long, and this story's public, so you can see it, but, but eventually, he says, eventually started doing that over and over, and I became addicted, and I started to cross that line of getting drunk, and the alcohol was controlling me. And so that is someone, that's a cautionary tale to say, you don't go to things, whether it's weed, alcohol, whatever, you don't go to things like that for an escape to numb the pain in your life because that's God's job, right? God is the one we go to, not a substance. So those are bad reasons. So what's a good motive, right? Give me, what do you think the only good motive is for drinking alcohol? What would you say? Yeah. Well done, Josh. Did you see my notes? Did, oh, you did? Cool. To enjoy it, right? The only, the only good motive for drinking alcohol is to enjoy a good gift from God. Now, for some of you, are like, that sounds weird. I've never heard anyone say that. It's true. Just like you enjoy whatever beverage you like, the only really good reason to drink alcohol is to enjoy a good gift from God. Now, granted, you can abuse it. I love cheer wine. Anyone ever had cheer wine? It's like the best soda in the world, right? Uh, I love cheer wine. It's a soda. There's no wine in it, right? But I can drink so much cheer wine that I throw up, and I've done it before, right? Like, I can abuse a soda, and just like that, you can abuse alcohol. You can enjoy alcohol as something that's a good gift from God. Enjoy it in moderation. Don't be an idiot. And that should be your motive, to enjoy it from God, not to abuse it and use it for something else. All right? So question your motive. And then this, family history and persona personality. So let me just be very clear. Some of you, uh, you come from families where there is abuse, particularly 
uh, substance abuse, and maybe that's alcohol. Maybe it's not drugs, but maybe it's drinking. And so some of you have parents, maybe people in your extended family, there is a line of alcohol abuse in your family. And if that is true, I'm not going to say don't drink. What I would say is you should be very, very careful because those things do get passed down through our families. And the Bible even talks about that. There's things that your parents have done that aren't great that are passed down to you, whether you realize it or not, just in your makeup and who you are, your environment that you grew up in. So I think you have to consider if there's people in your family, particularly parents, that struggle with this, you should at least stop and question, is this really a path I want to go down? And then think about your personality. And this a lot of times comes from your family and your environment. But if you have a personality where you go towards abuse, where you just don't know how to do something in moderation, you're like, if I drink, I'm going to drink 15 beers, right? If that's your personality, I would caution you in how much you drink because your personality might control the way you enjoy that beverage. So think about your family history and your personality. And then the last one is this, others. All right? Think about others. And this is one I know you're like, I got freedom in Christ, Austin. Yeah, you do. You have freedom in Christ to love others more than yourself. So there are times you will, you should, and it would be the right thing to not drink out of love for others. Now you may be thinking, what does that mean? Let me give you two examples that came up recently uh, in my life and even in our ministry. Uh, we have deacons here at our church. Uh, we have 21 deacons. These are groups of guys. This is a group of guys uh, who serve behind the scenes. They set up things, the chairs and tables you're at tonight, they set them up. Zach's one of our deacons. Give it up for Zach, one of our deacons back there. So, so we have these deacons, and every year uh, we do a training, and then throughout kind of middle of the year we get together and we hang out. We kind of talk about the year and, and what we need to improve in. So we recently had that. Uh, we sat out here on the patio, we ordered pizza, and we just sat around as a group of deacons and said, hey, what's been going well? What do we need to do better? All that. The, before we had that meeting, uh, I texted, I emailed our head deacon who's in charge of it. I said, hey, tell the guys to bring your own beer. Uh, most of those guys I know, they enjoy, enjoy and drinking uh, beer every now and then. So I said, hey, let's bring your own beer. We're not going to pay for it because that looks weird on the church card. But uh, bring your own beer, enjoy it, whatever. Uh, but we walked it back. We walked it back the night before because it hit us. We said, okay, it's a Thursday night. We're on the patio. What else is going on on Thursday night? Oh, yeah, AA. So there's a group that meets here every Thursday night. These are people who are battling addiction. They're in recovery. Some of them are not in recovery yet, but they're here trying to get help. And we didn't want to be the kind of guy sitting out drinking something that they struggle with and going, hey, enjoy AA. I don't struggle with getting drunk, but I'm going to enjoy this beer while they walk by. And just seeing that will probably bring up a lot of memories, could bring up a lot of temptations, and it could put them in a really, really bad headspace. And so even though we could drink and there would be nothing wrong with us doing that, we had to in that moment say, what's more important, our freedom or our brothers and sisters in Christ? And your brothers and sisters in Christ always come before your freedom. So that was one. Uh, another example is there's times I meet with uh, people in our congregation, and sometimes it's in a group, and there are a lot of recovering addicts in our ministry, a lot of men and women who have battled alcohol, uh, and there's times I meet with them, and I have to ask before I meet, and I go, hey, I'm going to meet with a few of you. Is it okay if we get beer? And most of them will say, yes, thanks for asking. I appreciate your concern. But if any one of them ever said, Honestly, Pastor Austin, if you did, uh, that's going to bring up memories, or maybe that's going to cause me to maybe, you know, want to drink again, and that's just going to start that road. In that moment, I have to go, okay, we're not going to order beer. 
because my freedom, what I can do, isn't more important than loving them. So at times, you need to consider others, all right? So here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't drink, right? And this is different than weed. Weed, I think there's more clear, you probably should stay away from it. But I think when you get to alcohol, you have a lot of freedom to drink. I'm not telling you not to, but I'm telling you that if you do drink and you use that freedom you have, be thoughtful, right? Question your motives. Question your family background. Question your own personality. Question the authority above you. At least be thoughtful in what you're doing. So here's what I want you to do. Around your tables, this is going to be a little different than the first one. You're not coming to in a stance, but here's what I want you to do. Around your tables, be really honest, and I just want you to go around and maybe each person share. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to, but share the one thing from that list that I just gave you, and I'll go back to it in a minute, this list right there. Think about that list and answer this question. What is something from that list I need to be more aware of or thoughtful of when it comes to drinking? So do I, need, do I need to question my motives more? Do I need to think about my family? Do I need to think about others? Like, what's the thing you need to be thoughtful of when you go enjoy that beer, right? So let me throw this back up there so you at least have those, all right? And then do that, and then Q&A will come up in a little bit. You have about 10 minutes. All right. Hopefully you have some time to kick that around. Uh, it's a little different than the first one. We're not going to go around and share, but hopefully that at least – least got your brain thinking. I mean, some of this, similar to the weed one, I, I really want you guys, if anything, come away from this uh, just with things to think about. Like I said, we're all probably going to fall somewhat differently on some of these things, and that's fine. But I, at least wherever you fall, I want to know you thought about it and you were informed by Scripture. If you do those two things, if you go to the Scriptures and you really think about it and you apply it correctly, awesome. I'm proud of you. But if you just make a decision and you don't uh, allow the Scriptures to inform you, uh, that's not the way I want you to go, all right? So hopefully you kick that around. Now let me do this. Before Alex comes up, we're going to do a Q&A. You can ask some questions. Let me just give you one final thought. It's going to sound super cheesy and like churchy, but I think it's a good way to end because I think it's the most important thing, is at the end of the day, I want you to remember this. Jesus is better, all right? Jesus is better. Uh, you don't have to smoke weed. You don't have to drink. You can drink wherever you fall on weed. If you want to smoke it and not be an idiot, Again, I don't know if you really can and not be an idiot. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But wherever you land, at the end of the day, please, 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 please make sure Jesus is number one, all right? I don't care if you have the best conviction ever on weed and alcohol. If you don't have Jesus as primary in your life, none of that matters. And Jesus is better. Following him, loving him, serving him, it's better, all right? So make sure that's your primary focus. So, uh, Alex... Am I moving to the next screen? Nope. Here I am. Keep going. All right. Big old QR code. All right. So All right. scan this, right? Scan that QR code. It'll take you to a place where you can go ahead and submit your questions. It's all anonymous. So if you're nervous about asking a question or something, uh, just know that we won't know who you, then you're the one that's What a in. sissy so. thing to do. But it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I took your plan off the table. You want me to put it back for decoration? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It was more of an aesthetic thing. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, you guys can go ahead and send some questions in. Um, but the first thing I want to ask you, Austin, yes. uh, is resources. So it's always good to have some stuff in your back pocket. Um, so what would you recommend uh, about these topics? Yeah. So if you want to dig in more and you want to get, you know, nerd out on these things, uh, there's three resources I would encourage you. First is if you want to read a book, 
There's a book called Marijuana in Light of Scripture, and it's exactly what the title is. It talks about weed in light of Scripture. A lot of what I shared tonight was kind of stolen from that book, uh, but again, people that write about it are way smarter than I am, so I'm on their shoulders. So uh, I would encourage you to read that book. Uh, and then t uh, two other resources is a podcast. So there's a podcast called Theology in the Raw. So if you want to write that down, Theology in the Raw. This is going to be on Instagram. Yeah, these will be linked in our Instagram bio. Okay. So if you want to find more of these, you can link see them. Yeah, so there's a podcast, Theology in the Raw. It's by a guy named Preston Sprinkle. Uh, and he has two episodes that we'll link, and it's one from a guy defending weed use as a Christian and one guy defending it as you should not uh, smoke weed as a Christian. So two sides of the, the argument, both I think are actually very, very good arguments. So uh, I think it's worth listening to to see both sides of the argument. That's good, yeah. So if you click, if you go to our Instagram right now and click that link in our bio, those are uh, tagged there, so you can go ahead and find those uh, right away. Uh, we have a good amount of questions already popping up. So this first one, fast. yeah, that was fast. <laughs> uh, this first one is, I don't know if it was uh, supposed to be a joke or not, but I'm going to ask it because it feels, uh, it's, I've actually had can this I guess conversation. Who's, oh, it's going. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to feel any guess. Uh, the first, uh, this first question. The question is, is getting buzzed or tipsy a sin? And uh, I think that there's a valid question here because I've actually had this conversation of like, is there a limit? Like, what's the point? Like, where do you go to, yeah. you know? So. so since I don't know who asked that question, I'll just be very, very blunt and frank. Is that okay? If you're asking that question, you're already past the line, all right? Like, that is, yeah, that, if you ask that question, now granted, maybe you're asking in a really good way and I'm just tearing you down. If that's really, you're curious, but... Most of the time when people ask how far I can go without crossing the line, it's because you really want to go farther than you know you should deep down, and you're just trying not to get in trouble. So this used to come up, you probably remember this, back in our youth group days, you know, our youth pastor would give a uh, talk on sex, and you're like, okay, I can't have sex or marriage, but how far can I go, right? That's the wrong question. So the question is not how far you can go. That can be another workshop if you want to do that, but... Uh, you don't question how far you can go because what you will do is go to that line and as human beings, you will never stay on the other side. You will always cross that line because we as human beings, especially Americans, we never do things in moderation. We tend to abuse and go excessive. So I would argue, is there a line? Yes, that line is different for everyone. Granted, I mean, we can just body makeup. Some alcohol is going to buzz people quicker than others, but... Uh, if you're asking that question, you're probably asking the wrong question. I think it's what's the wisest thing to do. That was good. One of the other questions. Also, I would say that's with alcohol. Yeah. That does, maybe this comes up later. I don't think you can smoke weed and not get high. So that's where I would argue, yeah, I think it's different with alcohol and weed. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then there's another question that kind of relates to this, and maybe you just give the same answer you gave, so just feel free to shoot it down if you want to. But uh, how... How can you tell what your like? How can you tell what your line is? Like, I think you just said everybody else has a different tolerance kind of thing. So, how do you kind of tackle that or find that? And my follow-up question is, do you go to that line? You know, like, it, is it worth it to go to that that tolerance level? You know, that's a good question. Uh, probably, yeah. I would. So the the question would go to the line. I don't think so. I think it's. Uh, if you think you can go to a line and not cross it, more power to you. But again, that's, I have never in my short 34 years of my life ever done anything to the line and haven't crossed it. I mean, it's, it's sinful human nature. 
If you want to argue that, we can, but live a couple more years, and I promise you, you'll find out quickly you will not. Like, we will cross. So I would say it's probably not smart to go to the line. Now, finding that line is, again, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea how to find it. I think it's you know your body more than I know your body. You know if you drink too much or smoke too much, you know what it's going to feel like. If you're feeling that in any way, that's your answer. You've already crossed it. So I, is there a hard and fast way to know the line? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I wish I knew the answer to that. I don't. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, Next question. How can we help non-believers addicted to marijuana and to encourage them? Yeah. uh, I mean, I think with any, gosh, drugs or whatever it is. I mean, if any, if a non-Christian is struggling with something like that, uh, first off, I don't think your job is to get them to stop smoking weed. Uh, I mean, I said this with homosexuality a couple months ago. I mean, if if someone's not a Christian, the answer is not convert their sexuality. If someone's not a Christian, their job, your job is not to get them to stop smoking or abusing alcohol. Uh, your job is to win them to Christ and to help them enter a relationship with him. Because it's not until they have that relationship with Christ, they're probably going to seriously uh, apply what the Bible says to their situation with weed or alcohol or whatever. So uh, I would say love them, share the gospel with them, point them to Jesus, model Jesus to them. Uh, but obviously, if they are seriously addicted uh, or abusing drugs or alcohol, I would not try to be their savior, and I would connect them with medical professionals, clinical people that can actually help, whether that's a support group, recovery group, some type of someone that has expertise. I think sometimes we know people like that, and we go, I'm going to help them stop doing drugs. Like, no, you're not. You're not. Like, you're really not. Uh, Jesus can, and a professional can, and you're not a... I don't think anyone is. Maybe there is out here somewhere. But uh, most of us are not have the expertise to actually help someone stop doing drugs. So get them to the right place. That's good. Um, The next one is, I would say it's related, but I think there's a a twist on this one that that it could go. So how do you recommend approaching, and then I put in parentheses, stubborn family members who are struggling with alcohol abuse? And I would say, I think there's, I would be curious to hear your answer from somebody that's a non-believer, a family member that's a non-believer, and a family member that's a believer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think for both, believer and non-believer, one of the things you could probably do is help them see the the negative effects of what they're doing. If it's someone in your family close to you, there's probably, you probably don't have to look far to see the downfall. Maybe it's in your own life. Uh, Maybe it's a parent that abused alcohol and that resulted in them abusing you or treating you poorly. Uh, So I think I would be very honest with them of here's what your alcohol abuse has done to me or to other people in the family. Uh, A lot of times what gets people in recovery, I mean, if you go to our AA group, we have another group for families of people facing addictions. One of the trends you'll see in there is a lot of times people start the road to recovery because they see the pain they're causing other people. Uh, And so I think it's good uh, to obviously point them to Jesus, help them know him, but uh, just be brutally honest about how their alcohol, it was about alcohol specifically, right? Uh, how it has harmed you, how it's harmed others, uh, to really let them see that. Now, granted, they might be too deep in the addiction to even, that might not move the needle at all, but your job, again, you're not going to be the savior to them. You're not going to be able to necessarily heal them from that addiction, but you can at least show them the ugly reality of what they're doing. So I think that's true for non-Christians and Christians, uh, but I think yeah, the graciousness I would give to a non-Christian is realizing they don't have the Holy Spirit. So 
there is going to be a limit of how much that's even going to help. Now, if they're a Christian, I think that's where in love you call them to the standard of Scripture. And with showing them the reality of their, their uh, actions, you can also be very, very plain in what the Scripture says. And if they say they're a Christian and you call them to Scripture, you hope the Holy Spirit leads them there. If they don't, that could be a sign. Maybe they're not a Christian. So, uh, And I will add to that, like, when I would come in on Thursday nights for Redemption Academy, I would look in and see our AA group meet, and they're awesome. Like, I would really encourage you to push them towards that. Uh, believer or non-believer, to push them towards AA. Uh, I think that they are some of the most faithful believers that we have here at, Re at Redemption Chapel um, that go to AA. So if you or if you have a family member or friend that is struggling with alcoholism, uh, I would really, really encourage you to push them in that direction. So, yeah. Uh, this is our last question. It's a doozy. Okay. You ready? Thanks for preferencing it. Yeah. Do the same rules apply to chalky milk? To what? Chalky milk. Some <laughs> would call it chocolate milk, so. Okay. I don't, I don't know if there's a, <laughs> is this a trick question? Yeah, or it's like, a trick question. You can never I don't have like to answer, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm you gonna can never have too much chocolate I'm gonna milk. Refrain. Can I get an Amen. All right, thanks, Evan. <laughs> There's a story here that I'll, I'll get from you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before we go out, I wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, what is your last thing that you would want to send people off with uh, before we wrap up for this evening? Uh, yeah, uh, I think um, don't, don't let culture dictate the decisions you make. Uh, let Scripture um, and I think as Christians, we can do that and still sometimes land in different areas, and that's okay. But uh, do not, do not, please don't be the kind of Christian who basically says the culture is going this way, so I'm going to go that way. Uh, because if you do that for too long, you will find yourself in a whole different country and region than the Bible is. Like, not literal country, but uh, you will not be close to what the Bible calls you to. So, uh it might not be cool to not smoke weed. It might be, you know, lame to only drink socially when all your friends are getting high and getting drunk. But uh, what do you want to live for at the end of the day, culture or the scriptures? Yeah, and if I could add, um, I think one of the biggest things as a young adult is uh, to, to feel the pressure or see the pre pressure to drink or to smoke. And I would want to tell you, like, if you're going back and forth and you're, like, saying, should I do it? Should I not? I feel like I'm going to struggle with this if I do. Um, I know people that have been addicted. I know I have my, there's a family history here. I'm just going to say, like, it's not worth it. Like, even if you're like, I just want to try something, and I, even though I know it's going to be a problem for me, it's not worth it. Um, there is no, there would be no reason for us to go to that and say, I'm going to risk slipping into alcoholism, or I'm going to risk smoking, uh, slipping into addiction. And, just because I want to try something. If, you're, if you really feel convicted that you shouldn't do it, it's not worth it. Just like anything in excess, um, that's, there's no reason to say I would rather do that than uh, grow closer to Jesus. Can I add to that? Mm -hmm. So you can tell me where it is because I know I'm a pastor, but I don't know where everything is in the Bible. So there is a verse, and if you know off the top of your head. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes we think, all right, something like weed, alcohol, there's a lot of freedom in Scripture. I'm not breaking any clear commands, but then we wrestle with, I, think, I don't feel good about it. I'm convicted about it, but the Bible doesn't say yes or no. If you, if you have that conviction, like maybe you're, something in you is going, 
I don't think I should smoke weed. I don't have a verse and chapter, but I don't think I should, or I need to be careful with drinking alcohol. If you have that conviction and your conscience is telling you to do that, if you disobey that conviction and conscience, it's actually sin. You know what verse I'm talking about. I can't think of where it is. I do. But I don't know where it is. If yeah. you, you know, it might not be clear in Scripture, but if your conscience is pushing you one way and you disobey it, I know the Apostle Paul is one that said it, uh, that can be sin for you in a way it could not be sin for someone else. Yeah. So if you're wrestling with should you or should you not and you really are struggling, I would say at least for the season while you're struggling, you should probably not engage yeah. and settle. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and lastly, if you are struggling with this, if this is something you struggle with and you're feeling shame or guilt for it, uh, just hear that you're welcome at Next. You're welcome at Redemption Chapel. If you want help, there are people that are willing to help you that can point you in the right direction. So don't feel like you can't reach out. There is availability for that. Um,